EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash insideems. Well, here it is, and here we go with another great episode of Inside EMS, the special edition Inside EMS. And the reason it's a special edition is because of my partner, Kelly Grayson. KG, what's going on with you? I'm I'm good, man. It's uh, I'm getting over my uh, my little kidney stone the other day that, that laid me up for the better part of a weekend. Ah, I well, would not wish that on anyone. Well, if I had a choice between me having it or you having it, I'd wish it on you. <laughs> you'd rather you'd rather I have it, yeah. And I, you know, uh, you're a, you're a sweet guy. I'd rather be I'd rather be sympathetic than uh, you know have to go through it myself. Uh, you know, I can empathize with you. I'm like, oh Kelly, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh you, you my God, through uh, through uh, uh, an episode or two when you were in in some pretty bad pain, I recall. So yeah, I actually uh, ha- I actually had one big enough that they had to go in after it. And there's only yeah. one way to go in after it. <laughs> so microsurgery, huh? Well, it's a good thing I'm Italian. I mean, because uh, you know, they were able to. They didn't need right. the, those big, those little tools, man. So they were able to go right. in. Yeah, I think you know they just use their regular glasses. But anyway, mine passed without any help. Thank God. Well, good man. That's awesome. And then when you see how small it is, you're like, really? That that yeah. little thing? Yeah. So. Well, KG, we got something special to talk about, man. I mean, today, actually the 3rd of April, is our four-year anniversary, 200 shows. So congratulations, my friend. We uh, remember where we started this off of sitting in uh, a little lodge in Missouri, sitting by the fireplace, talking about the concept. And here we are, uh, you know, all these months later, all these shows later, and uh, it's been a good run. Yeah, man. You know, this is this is our our linen or silk anniversary. Oh, is uh, it? So yeah. I, I don't know what to get you, man. Um, uh, maybe I'll, I'll wear a little something yeah. nice next time we're together. How about we just <laughs> pass on the gifts and just give each other a manly nod, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, it's it's according to the modern guide uh, to uh, anniversary gifts. It's also the appliance anniversary, so I can get you an, an uh, electrical appliance of some kind, uh, okay. perhaps a vacuum cleaner, I'll a toaster like oven. I could use a, um, I could use a new coffee maker. Maybe you could do that. You know, you I'll, are. I'll get you. A, well, given your age, I'm gonna get you a clapper. That's oh, what I'll get how you. How about that? Is that considered an electronics? Is that considered to yeah. be uh, appliance? Clap on, clap off, the clapper. Yeah. So, um, you know, 200 shows. This will be number 200 today. And uh, if we think back over the past four years, I think we've had a lot of great guests. I think we've had a lot of stories. If there's, if there's anything that really kind of sticks out in your mind, is there one thing that we've discussed that really is maybe still on the forefront of EMS or something that really kind of uh, resonates with you? Well, you know, I, I think probably one of the biggest things is, is our focus on, on, uh, on resiliency and provider mental health and shining a light on, on the, 
the emotional and psychological toll that it takes, uh, on, that uh, this job takes on us, you know, and, and uh, I'm proud to have done that and, and I can hope to continue to, to do that and let people know that it's, uh, it's not a weakness to reach out, uh, and that, uh, everybody, uh, or most of us go through it and, uh, and, um, you know, there are people here to help. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, we, we've tried to be in the forefront and talk and, you know, uh, the code green campaign has done a great job yes, over the past years to really kind of get the message out. It seems that door, their organization is really growing and, uh, you know, gaining a lot of, uh, support and, uh, you know, it's really good that we're able to do that. And we'll, as you mentioned, we'll continue to be on the forefront of talking about, you know, provider mental health. And, uh, we really have to be able to, you know, stamp out this, uh, this disease of our uh, peers uh, taking their own life. And uh, we're not hearing mm-hmm. those stories as much as we used to. Hopefully we are starting God to bring willing. some, yeah. yep. Yep. Hopefully we are starting to bring some attention to it and we'll just keep kind of focusing on that. You know, another thing is we've had a lot of great guests as well. You know, I was kind of thinking oh, yes, about, I've been thinking about our guests and uh, of course our very own Greg freeze has been uh, uh, someone that uh, we've enjoyed chatting with. But is Should there I one? Break out the Patrick no, he, he doesn't appreciate that. No, he doesn't appreciate <laughs> it. For um, but how about from the standpoint of was there one guest that you really enjoyed that kind of uh, you know whether you'd want to come back, want them to come back again or just the message that they had? You know, there were I think the one that kind of stands out for me was uh, you know Noah who uh, you know was the double amputee and went through his mm-hmm. training and you know continued it. And I found him to be a real inspiration. And there were times when, you know, things were getting rough uh, in the things that I was doing. I'm like, well, at least I got two arms and two legs. And, uh, you know, that guy really kind of uh, keeps that inspiration in the forefront when you think about him attaining his goals. But for you, was there somebody who was really kind of motivating, inspirational for you? Well, um, I, 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 the, the people who've been mentors or, or inspirations to me have, uh, you know, as a, as a paramedic and an educator, probably the ones that stick out for me, uh, Brian Bledsoe and, and, and Dan Limmer, uh, having those, those guys on and, and sharing their, <coughs> their experiences and their wisdom, uh, really stuck out, uh, uh, oh, and 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 uh, Chris Zavallaro, who's yeah, apparently taken with a with a with Tourette's all of a sudden. <laughs> um, uh, but man, you know, you're like you're like, you're here every week, man. I mean, they're just it's kind of like you know, you can be you can be the greatest in the world, but you eat the same meal every week. After a while, it it, it starts to lose its its luster for you. Just man. a regular cracker after a while. I, I get you. I yeah, get you. yeah, it was it. Yeah, it's just a regular old cracker. Yeah, <laughs> you know, great, was that a Ritz? Is that a Ritz? Yeah, uh, that was just some little crackers. You know, but I think that but, there's guests we've had on that we really need to get back. You know, I think Kimberly Stanford was a great guest. When we start to talk about autism and how we deal with kids with autism, she did a great yes, job. Kimberly, we, Brian Fass, we, we probably. I was just going to you know, say, Brian is some time to mental health. Uh, we need to devote some time to our physical health as well. And Brian would probably chastise us for talking about crackers. That's right. Well, we should, we should get, Brian should have a regular segment, I think. Brian, you listening? <laughs> I know you're a fan of the show, man. Let's get in touch and let's start talking about that. One of the things that I think we need to think about is, 
as we, we think about the next year, Kelly, I mean, how do we either continue or get better in the things that we're doing to kind of help support the audience? You know, for everyone who may be listening that's new, you know, Kelly and I take the standpoint of two paramedics sitting in a truck. And when you sit in the truck with your partner, I mean, sometimes you get along, sometimes you don't get along, sometimes you argue, sometimes you laugh, sometimes you pick at each other. And other times you have discussions, and we want to have the discussions that are going on inside EMS like you guys, and we want to be able to share our thoughts. There are some times that Kelly takes the standpoint from the field side. There are some times that I take the point from the leadership side, and between us, we've got some really great experience. And, you know, we had a lot of great segments, and we kind of have went away from the segments. We used to be able to sit at the guest table with people. We used to talk about the clinical issues. But now as we think about year going into year five, how do we now continue to grow and continue to make the show entertaining, from my side anyway, entertaining, uh, dynamic, energetic, and kind of bring the latest and greatest information to our audience? Well, I think we've been trying to, to answer the question of how we make you dynamic and entertaining for four years, and we still don't have an answer. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. ah, burn. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some silvanine for that burn. That's cute. Um, Very cute. You know, I, I think we got a lot of issues that, that are, are, you know, they're, they're not exactly new, but they're going to be rising in importance, uh, in coming years, uh, talking about things like, uh, the, the scope of practice project and, and, and the, the comments period on that, that's, that's, uh, uh, recently passed and, and revisions and the, the rollout of that in, in coming years. And, and, uh, you know, the things, big things like, uh, uh, community paramedicine and, and, uh, mobile integrated health, uh, are, are, looks like they're going to start taking off. Uh, and I hope for that. And plus we'll have plenty of fodder to talk about clinically. You know, we, we, we got things like, you know, point of care ultrasound and, and video laryngoscopy and, and, and heck, we've got some some uh, some technology that people are, are starting to uh, deploy in ambulances now that we'll we'll talk about a little later. But I think we got plenty of fodder for shows in the future. But we'd like to hear our uh, our listeners' input on that. What would you like us to talk about? Yeah, and I think that's really important because you know we troll social media. We try to find out where the comments are. We try to uh, really kind of build shows around your comments. We want to kind of bring you that great content. But I guess Kelly. You know, I want to say thank you to you for being with me week in and week out. I want to say thank you to the listeners that are out there that have uh, been, you know, loyal to the show and that have uh, really kind of reached out to us and kind of shared their thoughts and feelings. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when we come on, it's just like you and I talking, but we have to remember that there's mm -hmm. actually folks out there that are listening yeah. to us that laugh at the things we say, that disagree with the things that we say. And I think that that's really what we're trying to do. And uh, I just really want to say thank you to everyone for being a fan. I want to say thank you to the people that dislike us who still listen because it really does well for our <laughs> ratings. But you, my friend, I want to say thank you to you for being there with me every week. And, uh, you know, it really is kind of, for me, it is a, uh, you know, relief from the stress of the week, stress of the day yeah. that I get to hang out and just talk and just kind of, uh, you know, have a good time for 30 minutes. 
Oh yeah, and and the same for me. You know, things things that brew and 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 uh, boil over uh, during the week. You know, I at least let the, let some steam out of the out of the kettle here uh, uh, every time we record. So uh, I appreciate that, and I've I've enjoyed the last four years. And here's to another four, man. I don't know if I can stand four more, but uh, maybe maybe you know, ten years from now we'll do the, we'll be doing these things like holographically and stuff, you know, and we. we we may have to think about we may have to think about the next uh, the next hosts of the show. I mean, how how long do we go before we transition it to somebody else? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, are you transitioning right now, Chris? Well, yeah, I am. Is I am. I need to know about. I am going to transition. I'm going to transition to our topic oh, this week. How about that? I got you. Let's do it. Segway man. How about that? So, you know, Kelly, I think one of the things that was in the news that I thought was really important, and a lot of people are talking about it on social media comes out of Quincy, Massachusetts, and Brewster Ambulance Service. They are now going to put uh, echoes on all their ambulances, and they're going to have Alexa, Artificial Intelligence Personal Assistant, who's going to help those Massachusetts EMS providers with their treatment protocols. And, you know, when we think about the benefit of having someone like Siri, having the benefit of someone like Alexa, who can kind of give us information as we need it. Is this the future? Is this where we're going to go when it comes to EMS care? One of the things that Alexa is going to do, and when I first read the, you know, this story, I'm like, really, do they need this? Do they need this device to really help them with their protocols? These guys should know their protocols, but reading the story, they have 300 page document of protocols. So being able to say, Alexa, what's the treatment for congestive heart failure here? And they're able to spit that out, I think is very, very interesting. And it gives them a new uh, approach to how they treat care. I do have some questions and I want to chat about those questions with you. And maybe we can get somebody on from Brewster Ambulance to kind of talk about those things. But I'd like to know your thought first. Uh you know, at first blush, this this seems like a really great idea. Wow, you know, implement the uh, put echoes in the ambulance, and we could say, "Hey Alexa," like they like they talk about in the article. "Hey Alexa, tell me about CHF." It would seem to be a, an an excellent uh, and innovative use of of technology in in EMS. On the other hand, uh, I, I'm I'm skeptical, man. Uh, first of all, if you got a protocol that's 300 pages long. Uh, that's about 150 pages or 200 pages too much, in my opinion. You know, uh, you, you can't write. Uh, it gets to a point where where the if you have a protocol that large, in my opinion, there's nothing on Brewster Ambulance, nothing against Chris DeBona. Uh, I, I I question whether anyone would even want to be conversant uh, and well-versed in in a 300-page document and whether it needs to be that thick and unwieldy. Um, I kind of ascribe to the notion that, and I come from this from the perspective of of once upon a time uh, was known for writing protocols that were wonderfully detailed and spelled out everything uh, and, and tried to make people 
do good clinical medicine by mandating it in protocols, and it just does not work. Um, what's better is if you go through it with a red pen and liberally slash and burn uh, and remove all the as many instances of shall and must as you can and put may and consider in there, and you wind up with something about a half to a fourth of the original size that gives your medics uh, more discretion uh, and an ability to think uh, to use their clinical judgment. Um, Brian Bledsoe pointed that out to me one time. He said, you know, the best uh, years ago, he, he, he happened to tell me, he said, you know, the best protocols should be considered guidelines and, and it should be about a 25-page document at most uh, dealing with when to call when you're off the page or when you're when you have a novel presentation. It should be about how to uh, – uh, how to offer paramedics guidance in seeking uh, seeking help from the uh, from the medical control physician, not so much about what to do. Uh, and I I have, uh, share that philosophy, but um, you know if it is implemented uh, well, uh, Alexa might be the just the resource to be able to stand in for that phone call to the medical director and say, Hey, doc, you know I've got something weird going on. Let me run this by you and, and see what you think. Um, I just uh, like anything, man, devil's in the details. Uh, uh, I think the law of un unintended consequences here could uh, could prove to be pretty uh, uh, rough on them. You know, I think that there's a lot of things wrong with what you're saying. But <laughs> no, uh, go ahead. Well, well, of course you have you have every right to be wrong. So go ahead, expound. <laughs> a, a, a couple things. When we talk about a, a, a protocol book that's 300 pages, we, we don't really know how many pages are for ALS, if they're broken down in the BLS, if they're broken down in a critical care, you know, if they're broken down. And that's true. And, and many of them may simply be reference uh, right. and not directives on how to provide care. And I'll, they may I'll be, and they may be procedures. So we don't know. I mean, so when we talk about 300, yeah. we can't just sit here and say that 300 is too long. You know, I know that one of the things when I used to work up there in Massachusetts, and this was really a pain in the butt, you had each region had their own protocols. And you had to know which region you were in to know which set oh, of yeah, protocols you had yeah. to use. So I don't know if that's still the case, and that's why there's so many protocols. But I think that when we start to think about, you know, I think when it comes to technology, you know, they have 250 vehicles. They service 26 communities. They run 400,000 emergency calls a year. So when we think about having a virtual assistant and we think about virtual reality we think about augmented reality, which is the new focus where uh, things are becoming more automated. Uh, and this is where Google Glasses and things are coming in. You know, if you can look at a car and see the car is completely is completed, even when you have the frame there and know what's missing. I mean, augmented mm -hmm. reality is becoming a big play in the, you know, in the uh, workforce. Uh, in the business world, and I think that there's going to be some of those components. But now we're start. We have a EMS agency that is taking the next step into the next generation. Mm -hmm. And you know, my hats off that they're trying something new. And I think that one of the things that will come of this is that they will find other ways that they can use this technology. Not everybody can afford the TriTech Marvelous system with turn-by-turn -turn navigation. And, you know, one of the things that could be used for is if your partner's in the back with the patient and you're needing to get around a traffic jam, 
can you ask Alexa to get you, you know, what's the best route to New England Medical Center? What's the best route to Deaconess? Um, you know, so I, I think that there is there could be things that we haven't even thought of yet that the folks up there at Brewster Ambulance may be able to say, you know, we started off with it helping us with our protocols, but what we found now after 18 months was, and I think that's what's exciting about this. Yeah. Well, sure, sure. It's all well and good until Alexa tells you, I'm sorry, I can't do that, Dave. But um, then, then you'll, you'll, you'll know that I was prescient and I warned you about the intrusion of technology and over-reliance on it. When, when you can't get the, the ambulance bay doors open because Alexa refuses to do it for you, you're going you're gonna to say, I wish I'd have listened to Kelly. I have no idea what you're talking about, man. I have no oh, idea. Oh, man, dude. I'm, oh, my, my pop culture West references are wasted on you. This is, you know. You, so you're talking, about, you're talking about the commercial. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Yeah, remember? okay, okay, I got it. Oh, my God. Okay, pearls before swine. Um, you were like, you're like four years old, man. You're like four years yeah. old. I, I will shift gears a little bit because this is, you know, this is a big undertaking and it has the potential to be something really, really huge. And, and essentially what Brewster is, uh, is going to be, is they're going to be a test bed, uh, cause they're among the first, if not the first to, to utilize this technology. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of mistakes are going to be made. Uh, and a lot of, uh, a lot of unforeseen things are going to, uh, going to have to be addressed that the rest of us will, will be able to learn from and, and not make those mistakes our, ourselves, you know, so we'll be able to, to expand and improve on, on, on Brewster's experiences. And, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate the fact that, that they are, are brave enough to take that step. You know, the old saying goes, you never want to be the first adopter or the last adopter of, of new technology. Um, and, and being first adopter is, uh, you know, there's going to be growing pains. But with, just, that, but with that said, somebody does have to go first. And when somebody, because yeah, I'm with you, I don't want to be the first one to buy something. I want to make sure the bugs are worked out of it. But with that said, someone goes first. And, you know, we give kudos up to the folks up there at, in Massachusetts to say we really are going to look forward to hearing how much this benefit? Because let's think about it, man. I mean, the way that we're running our business today isn't the way we were running our business 20 years ago. And what does it look like 20 years from now, Kelly? I mean, you know, we talked about cameras in the back of the ambulance and being able to connect right away to the, the hospital and so they could see the I'm patient. Still not whatever, there. man, whatever. I mean, I mean, you, you're the you one who was going to wear something silky for me. It's the camel's nose under the tent. You were going to wear something silky for me. So it just goes to show you how poor your judgment is. So, but I mean, but I think that, that we don't know what this looks like. And no, the, the way that EMS changes is because people like this are going to be leaders in the field that are going to say, let's see how this works. How many times have we said, let's see how this works. And it's fall down flat on our face, but it hasn't stifled the creativity to say, let's try something new. And that's what's exciting about our career field is, you know, we're just, we're just 53 years old. Modern day EMS is just 53 years old. And, and now there's so much pioneering left to do for the first time in my career. It feels like we're really stepping out on the ledge and seeing if we could fly. Yeah. How you about know, that? How about I'm that for an analogy? Because, I'm sorry. What? I said, how about that for an analogy? 
that's a wonderful analogy, man. Uh, it, it's so good. Uh, it makes me wonder if you actually came up with it. You're a butt kisser. <laughs> You're a butt kisser from way back. <laughs> um, maybe I'm just biased because Siri doesn't understand my Southern accent. Maybe, maybe that's it. But I'll clarify my position on this. I'm hopeful, but skeptical. I want to be convinced. I think it has a, a great deal of potential. Uh, I think they're going to see some some growing pains, as I stated before, and and they're going to have some things that uh, that they're going to find out it doesn't work as well as they wanted it to, and and other options that they they may uh, or other uses that they may have not even considered. Um, but that's that's the nice thing about it. But if if it is implemented well, and and uh, and the folks at Brewster uh, learn uh, from those experiences and and adapt and and move on with it, then then I see it being a great resource. Um, I just uh, it would be nice to to be able to do um, voice activation anything. I can if we can use uh, install Alexa in our ambulances. Uh, what's to stop us from having voice activated technology in our cardiac monitors, you know, and integrating those into our monitors as well. Um, what are you, you nice? going to say? No. Alexa, take a 12 lead. I mean, what, what are you, no. you going to do for that? Well, no, w- wouldn't it be nice to be able to work a code and narrate your code summary? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, say administering epi now, uh, or record administering epi now boom time stamp on your thing you know uh, intubation performed at this time CPR and, and just you know the way we normally talk our way through a uh, uh, through a resuscitation um, but it's all recorded in real time there on your on your rhythm strip and in your code summary and and in your event summary so for for QA and QI afterwards uh, that would be a wonderful thing be totally voice activated and, and of course, you know, these, these things are, you can train them to recognize, uh, uh, one person's voice over another. So it wouldn't really be an issue with, with, uh, uh, extraneous noise and other people talking in the background, um, or other people, uh, activating the, the voice, uh, uh, the voice activation feature, uh, accidentally. So yeah, I could see that. And then if you could integrate something like, uh, Alexa in, uh, in the monitors, that would be great. You can not only tell your monitor what to, to do, but you could ask your monitor for a reference. I can see that. I just, like any new uh, and, and un, I'm not going to say unproven, like with any new technology with a, a lot of potential for good, there's a lot of potential for, for uh, uh, people to misuse it and abuse it. And uh, I hope that doesn't happen. And um, uh, that would be you know, really my, my biggest objection, uh, or my biggest, uh, area of skepticism, uh, you're going to see some people that, that think that, um, Alexa is going to be able to tell the paramedic everything that they need to do. So let's, let's see if this works. Let's see if QI and, and, and education and continue ad, uh, we've got a, we've got a computer that they can consult that sort of thing. Let's see if this works. Hey, Alexa, let's go to the close. I'm sorry, I can't do that, Chris. <laughs> Did you say buy some clothes? Here are five oppor- Here are five links on Amazon. <laughs> but hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Is there a lot of potential for Alexa and Amazon Echo and Siri and that sort of thing uh, in the ambulance? What are some uses for it that perhaps we haven't considered? Let us know at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Ciballero, 
Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you next week. Alexa, take us out of here.